1: Hey guys, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. Today we're going to continue our interviews around the world series where we interview other young Black women who have either lived or studied in a new country. For this series, we have interviews set up with women who have been in almost every continent. And this week we're talking to Saida, who goes to Arizona State University. And while in undergrad, she studied in Peru and interned in Nicaragua. So welcome, Saida. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming on. So. You
0: um, have traveled a good amount around um, Central and South America, so we wanted to get straight into how you decided you wanted to study abroad in general, and um, how did you pick your locations?
2: So I recently graduated from ASU Magna Cum Laude, and a part of my program, was a global health major, um, was a study abroad. So all global health majors, as well as a few other disciplines have to do a study abroad and I knew that it, it was something I would have done regardless of my major because I am like travel. Um, ASU has a lot of different programs available uh, and internships but a new one that was being introduced uh, during the cycle that I was going to study abroad was the program in Peru and they had I think gone maybe like like one other time, but they were still planning things and deciding what to change, so um, I had also considered South Africa, but just knowing that I go to ASU and it's a PWI, I didn't want to have my first time traveling to the continent of Africa, be with a bunch of um, people, (laughs) (laughs) and then like with South Africa and the history around that, I knew I was going to get angry, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um just like dealing with people so <laughs> I mean so I thought um what are you gonna works. say sorry <laughs> I was like whatever yeah. works <laughs> yeah and so I met up with the study abroad um leader for both trips and I like them both but I really connected with the one over the program in Peru
0: cool so after you chose Peru um how did you prepare to go abroad like did you have to know the language? Did you have to get visas or immunizations? Like, what different things did you have to do to prepare to go?
2: So, I didn't need a visa, but I needed a few immunizations because I had gone to um, Nicaragua previously. I had some of my immunizations that were still up to date, but um, I think I maybe had, like, one or two Oh, oh, I got malaria medications, not because um, I thought it was at, like a big risk, but that was something that I didn't when I like didn't get when I went to Nicaragua and I just wanted to have it to be safe, um, even though it's not a major risk there. Gotcha. Um,
0: yeah, I think when I went to South America, I didn't get the malaria pills, but it was just like if you, it was kind of like optional, I think. hmm. Um, So just for everyone listening, can you explain like kind of how your study abroad program was structured, um, the length of the program, if you had a host family, and like if you took classes while you're there?
2: So I took a six credit course while I was there. I was, um, I think around three weeks was my time frame for my program, and it was on food and culture. So we traveled to various parts of Peru, but it was mainly in Lima and in um, Cusco, which we went later. But we also had a stay with a like within the Missimay community, which was really great to see how um, some of the more indigenous people lived. Uh, because and it was really great to see how self-sustaining they were, since I like have a minor in sustainability, and I like to see how the world does different sustainable practices. So with the Mississippi community stay, we watched them do like a textile demonstration and all the fabrics and textiles and other things that they have, they dye it using natural dyes. So it was really cool to learn about what they use to make certain dyes and the pigmentations were amazing. Um, That sounds so cool.
0: And like, did you get to like, see how they made different like clothing and stuff out of the textiles?
2: Yeah, so there was one woman that was just sitting and working on a blanket. But then um, during our demonstration, we got to try text like doing a different type of weaving method. Uh, f- there was a when they asked for people that wanted to, uh, you know, kind of be hand models. I let one of the ladies put the pigmentations on my hand, and it was so vibrant and it stayed a little bit. But she told me it beforehand for my specific program. You didn't need to know Spanish because my professor was fluent as well as a TA. Um, but I personally picked up like some phrases. Like there were instances where people ha- needed to break change and they didn't ask in Spanish, but I did. And the people told them that they couldn't, but they let me do it <laughs> just for like that <laughs> little extra effort. <laughs> <laughs> but I t- took Mandarin uh, Chinese at my university, so my Spanish was lacking um, and I didn't know it prior. Gotcha.
0: And as far as another question about your program, did, um, was it expensive or did you have any types of scholarships to go abroad?
2: So my program wasn't cheap. I think it was, um, it may have been around like seven thousand dollars not including airfare and I got a scholarship from my department which was the School of Human Evolution and Social Change which helped as well as um, just applying to outside things. Cool. Not necessarily like specific study abroad scholarships, but just like very overarching broad ones because my Mm -hmm. university has some different ones. And I know a few of my friends got the, there's one that's for travel and it's through like the US government. And I can't remember the name of that right now, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, That's fine. Yeah,
0: just if you're listening, know that they're, are opportunities available to get money even if it's not like specifically study abroad like you said Mm
2: -hmm. but i would do if you even have like a slight interest start researching different scholarships and applying early because not only do you have the program costs but also you're gonna want souvenirs once you're in country right (laughs) and most of the time they're not super expensive but some of my friends had like suitcases filled with stuff they brought back (laughs)
0: Yeah, my after I studied abroad, like, my suitcases were full just because, <laughs> I don't know, just because, like, while you're, as the weeks go by, you're, like, getting different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to, like, leave stuff behind that I brought with me so I could bring back the new stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was tragic. Yeah, I had backpacks, so I didn't bring a traditional suitcase. And I had one of those Tumi fold-down bags, so I just brought, like, souvenirs on the way back using that but i have major regrets of not bring buying more stuff while i was there because um the us dollar was very strong at the time and so i got so much cool stuff and i could have gotten even more things <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> nice so now i want to ask a few questions about your internship that you did in nicaragua okay um so can you first just like explain what the internship was what it was focused on
2: so i was a part of a club at my university called Globe Med, and it's available at a bunch of different universities. But each chapter is connected with a different nonprofit abroad. And so w- during my time, we were partnered with an organization called Project Bonafide, which was a sustainable farm located in uh, Ometepe, Nicaragua. And so I Throughout the year, we'd fundraise and um, stay in communication with our partner for stuff that we, they needed and things that were going on with the farm. But during the summer, we'd send students over to uh, kind of see versus like what we heard aired, and then what we actually see is happening. So I was one of the students that was selected to be a GROW intern, which stood for grassroots on-site work. So I was there for around two months. Oh, wow. Was it like a summer program? Yeah. So I went in the summer and I was just staying on the farm with two other people uh, from my university that were a part of GlobeMed. And that was a very interesting experience because we ended up leaving early. Um, And I think that was a good experience to see things that I do differently when traveling or just like the people that you travel with, um, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice, and so, like, I guess what were your
1: day-to-day activities in that program? It was
2: is labor, <laughs> so, <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so there is stuff that you could do in the field which was, like, good old-fashioned labor, so I, there was one time where I was just, like, cutting down banana trees, not, they, the farm was very, very lush, so things would be cut down and then things would be grown and imme- it seemed like immediately. So just to, um, add nutrients to the soil around an area you'd like cut off dead leaves and whatnot so that it would go back. Uh, mm-hmm. and there was times where I'd help with gardening. Um, and so oh, oh, I would help with like seedlings, taking those and then planting them into the ground, depending on what, um, uh, the plant is. There were other times where we'd go and help the people that worked on the farm year round get coconuts and then cut them. There's this one video I have of like a machete, uh, or I'm using a machete to cut um, bamboo, which we use the bamboo pieces uh, to kind of create a temporary window type thing for the kitchen of the farm. And that was a really interesting experience that is one where I wish I had known a lot more Spanish because I was still able to communicate. There's this, you know, the Google Translate app, I downloaded it so that I could use offline prior just for certain words and phrases, but you know, I managed to communicate with people still that worked on the farm, but it would have been so much better (laughs) if I had more Spanish knowledge, but like I learned a good amount of farming uh, vocabulary (laughs) and it was really interesting because on a farm there were a lot of wildlife just around. There is these giant tarantulas and they claim or they said that none of the spiders oddly on the island that we were on were poisonous which I was pleased and I hadn't been bitten by any but they had mentioned scorpions you know could potentially be a problem if you were uh, stung by one and there was one instance where there was one right in front of my bed and I'm super against animal cruelty, but I was so exhausted from being on a farm that I got a machete and I did what I had to do. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. I'm a <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. And so I was sleeping in mosquito nets. There's this video on like my highlight for Nicaragua um, for my for my uh, internship where I'm covered in bug bites. Oh
1: my so, God.
2: If you are going to be on a farm, arm i definitely get like all of the immunizations even like it was really safe but just because of the insects like some of my peers that were on the study abroad were have they got malaria shots or medication and they were having major uh um, uh bad dreams like with sp- giant spiders and it was a lot happening <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh yeah <laughs> Wow, so you were really living the nature experience, <laughs> the natural yeah. experience. And then, during uh, the, sorry, during the time that I had traveled, it was kind of like an election year, and there had been a civil u- uprest, like unrest around Daniel Ortega, who's like the president. So, that all aided in the experience, I'd say.
1: <laughs> okay. So um, besides immunizations, did you have to do anything else to prepare? Um, Like, I guess you didn't really have to do language classes, but did you have to get like a visa or passport or anything?
2: Yeah, this was also um, if, I'm pretty sure that I didn't have to get a visa, but if it was a, no, I don't think I did at the time because I, I think that we initially thought that we needed to, but we found out that it was not a requirement later Gotcha. Cool. So you
1: were pretty much just able to go with your passport.
2: Yeah. And wait, how long did you say you were there for? I was there around like uh, like six weeks, around like two months. And so with that program, I'd kinda, I kind of, I needed a break from the farm life. So I traveled to Costa Rica for only like two days. <laughs> but I took this thing called like a Tika bus. And so that, like, after needed to leave the farm, I had to take, like, a taxi and then, like, a ferry and then a taxi. <laughs> but then I got to the Tika bus with another classmate of, or, like, another person in my year and also on the internship. And so we went to Costa Rica for, like, a f- two days for me. And then he uh, rented a car while we were there. So once our little stay was done, he drove me back to, the, like, the border. And then I just got you know travel back on my own um and he had a flight from Liberia Costa Rica back to the U.S. so it was a nice little escape from um just living on a farm although like was yeah it was good <laughs> like we went to see like toucans and whatnot at this uh animal sanctuary <laughs> and just went to like the beach and whatnot just because of the things that were happening and um Nicaragua at the time regarding like civil unrest it wasn't safe to travel around like to different parts uh, as we intended to initially but um, there were still great moments like there's this place called El Pital that had um, these chocolate dome things that you uh, and it have uh, there's one that I got that had like it was called a Akai Ecstasy and so it was blended it up uh, kind of like smoothie yogurt not really um, and then cacao so, and chocolate sprinkles and mango slices and some other fruits and then it had like this big chocolate ball on the top and then you pour a liquid and it'd break apart and you eat it and it was sensational that was one of my favorite parts just going to El Towel <laughs> and having their uh, sweets <laughs> wow
0: Sounds like I need to make a snack. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs>
0: so we wanted to transition into a few questions, um, just comparing and contrasting what it was like being um, Black and also American in both places. Sometimes people don't care your race, but they care that your nationality and sometimes vice versa. So did you have any um, unique experiences in either Peru or Nicaragua?
2: Yeah, So, for Nicaragua, I'll begin there first. There was an instance where we were coming into the island. This guy, like some European dude, came to our table and was just like chatting us up. And the other two people I was with for my internship spoke Spanish. um, And he was like asking about that. And then he'd asked me, and I said I didn't speak Spanish. And then he was like, kind of got like an attitude. It's like, you know, you didn't, one, okay, I know that Spanish would be really beneficial, but I speak more than one language. (laughs) You know, he was kind of, the attitude, like, oh, this American only knows, like, English, and that's not the case, (laughs) um, so that was, like, a weird instance, and he wasn't even a local, but then when I was on the farm, before, like, the people that worked that were locals were really cool, but the person that owned the farm, he, we ended up finding out later that he had, like, disparaging views towards, like, specifically African-American people, and he was talking to this one girl who was, not from my university, but goes to FSU, uh, Meriden, and she's Haitian. So he was kind of like talking about like disparaging about like African-Americans to her and she wasn't necessarily entertaining it, but you know, like when you're talking to someone and kind of like trying to see what they're saying and just like to get like all the, right. yeah. <laughs> so, and one of the people um, who was from my university, who's like this white guy, he was just like sitting off to the side and, like, he was sitting in his chair, and he wasn't, like, partaking in the conversation, but he was overhearing it, so he, he found that out, and he ended up telling me and this other person on our trip, and, she, like, the, so the person that owned the farm was Middle Eastern, as well as one of the girls on my trip, and she was pissed, so, like, she was really, really upset about, you know, what he was saying, and especially since she knew, well, that he knew what discrimination was like, so the fact that you're holding this general. Messed up generalized views about African American, knowing that people hold the same views for like our group, like her, her being like also Middle Eastern being like their group. Right. So yeah, <laughs> and then there was traveling back to Nicaragua from Costa Rica. There, I was just like sitting on the ferry by myself, and there was this like lady that she, she didn't even like do anything crazy, but she saw me, and she was, like, kind of with the person that she was sitting with, like, oh, Marina, which isn't a derogatory term for, like, someone that's, like, black or, like, dark-skinned, and it was just, like, kind of, like, surprised to see, you know, someone like that, but I didn't think that that was, like, a bad thing, because Marina isn't, like, a slur or (laughs) a negative statement. (laughs) Right. Um, But that was it for Nicaragua. Um, other than that like I don't feel like I was treated like badly by local people everyone was like kind and nice and also I think that most people knew that I was an American and and there's like kind of during the time that we were at being slow with like tourist booms um, it was just like okay well this is an American person visiting and they have money and they're like helping boost like you know this area by buying stuff so yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was really like i wouldn't say a negative experience in that regards at all however for peru that was really interesting i wasn't i don't think that it was negative but there was like racial stuff that happened on my trip with like one person that not in front of me or like another black person but had been making like weird remarks that were, I guess, kind of marker aggressions, and in front of, like, other white people, and they'd only make it in front of white people, and the white people were like, yeah, we're not okay with that, which I was happy that they'd actually stood up, (laughs) uh, because you don't know what's happening when you're not in the room type thing, Uh, and then there is, so Peru has, like, Afro-Peruvian people, and, like, they have their whole history. Unfortunately, um, slavery took place there as well. well, and so because of that there's like lasting implications within their afro-peruvian population and with our study for food and culture we kind of did read up about afro-peruvian people and like their major impact within peruvian culture as well as um has a bunch of national dishes and um some of the ones that you know afro-peruvian people made you were part of that, like, I can't remember the name of this dish, but it's, you know, oh, the slaves were given scraps, like, uh, hearts, and other things, like, liver and whatnot, and they seasoned the heck out of it, <laughs> and made great food, like, mm-hmm. uh, anticuchos is what it's called, um, but now everybody eats it, you know, when it was, like, they were given the scraps at that time, um, uh, but they may do, like, you know, African American people may do. <laughs> right. So it was like cultural similarities within that. There's another dish that I had called like taco, t- taco, taco de maricosa, which is like another Afro Peruvian dish. And there's like a bunch of different renditions on taca, taco, taco. Um, so that was really cool to see and in effect and learn about. When I was in one of the coastal regions, I had saw some Afro Peruvian men. Uh, for one of the tours, our guide was Afro-Peruvian woman, and then one of the locations that we visited, I was very displeased because it they had, like, these mammies, these figurines in the gift shop, and the museum had nothing to do, like, one, it was weird enough, but the museum had nothing to do with, um, like, you know, Afro-Peruvian people. It was kind of wow. t- yeah, so I was in Paracas, I believe, and I was very displeased and I like kind of voiced my concern with the uh, people there and like some of other people were like uncomfortable because there were three black girls on my trip as well. And when I was in, in uh, this other coastal town in Paracas, we, I was really shocked to see this um, place where people could take photos and it was like I'm I'm looking at the photo now but it was this figure this um, statue painted black with like big red lips and then small white eyes with like black dots and it, they had like afros people could put on and like bananas and it was like I don't know the specific name for what these were called but it was very like um Sambo type thing yeah and that's were, horrible yeah so I, I was super this please is about seeing that because it was just like well I'm already not loving Ica or Paracas and then to see that and then people like going to take photos with them and it just being like a laugh and so uh I didn't know until much later but some of the people on my program went and when people were taking photos they'd just get in the photos like ruin them (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay well maybe the people on this program (laughs) aren't like too bad (laughs) Right. it was really nice to be around, like, other Black girls because there were people that could understand, like, how uncomfortable I felt about certain things. But aside from that, I'd say that the experience was, like, really good. And, like, when I was at the A Community Immersion, like, I didn't feel weird at all. They were so welcoming and nice. I was like, oh, well, you could stay here longer. (laughs) Aw. Yeah,
0: it's, like – you need that community when you're traveling because that's like if you're alone that's just like oh my gosh
2: indeed and then there was like when i um was in um i can't remember but like maybe cusco or lima there was this two older black women that were traveling together and they were so excited to see me and my friend kina who was on the city abroad um just because you know seeing like young black people traveling going around so they were asking us about our program and just like talking with us it was a really great experience when I traveled to uh Istanbul with my mom some years ago there was this one travel bus that had like a bunch of black people and they were like they saw us and they started getting excited and they were like waving and saying hello and it's usually when I travel there's an experience like that like I remember when I went to Costa Rica there were black people that were in in the place to rent cars and i was just so happy to see like you know <laughs> them again They're being on that farm for so long <laughs> yeah i
0: cannot i cannot go on a farm and do work <laughs>
2: I would just,
0: (laughs) I'm not built for that. Like, I, when I I went to Panama, like, we were Mm -hmm. like doing like rainforest hikes, and like, I had, like, you said, the bug bites, and I was just like, this Mm -hmm. is too much nature. And like, when we went, like, we were like in the middle of the rainforest, and like, we Mm -hmm. stopped to like take like a water break, and literally, like, when you look at the grass and like on the ground, you can literally see like, small spiders crawling all over the ground and then like all the white people just sat down and like ate their snacks on the ground I was like (laughs) what is wrong with you people and they're like you they're like you don't want to sit down I was like I don't like nature like
2: that (laughs) yeah all right sorry
1: oh you can say your last story
2: oh I was gonna say that there was one time when I was in um Nicaragua, where I just noticed like this trail of ants, and then there were hundreds of ants suddenly, and apparently they were just like soldier ants going through the farm, and like they didn't bother us or anything. But it was a that was like the one moment that was like culture shock of being on the farm, seeing hundreds and hundreds of ants just going through. (laughs) And then there was like times where it would run like rain, and the rain was so heavy, and I was like, "Where? Let me call my embassy and go home." (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah. it was good other than that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is really cool. Uh, We just want to wrap up the interview with just a few words of advice for our audience. Um, So, what would you say for anyone looking to study or visit um, either place or just South America in general?
2: I think that even with the negative instances I talked about, there may be, like, instances of, like, microaggressions, like, or honestly, racism within where you live, so I don't think that should be a major, major deterrent for travel. Like, you're going to meet people that are really, really kind, and you may meet people that aren't, but you're going to have experiences that are positive. Even with situations that occurred when I was in Nicaragua, I still had an overall positive experience, so please don't won't be afraid of how you'll be treated like I mean there's levels to it but (laughs) don't be afraid that you know what could happen if you're going somewhere that you know is safe and ideally you have stuff planned out I think you know there's so much of this world that can be explored and if you have the means and physical ability to please do
1: nice and then my last question is why do you think it's important for black women to, to travel
2: I think that it's you learn about yourself a lot when you are being put in new experiences. In my travels, I learned the types of things that I didn't want to implement in my own lives from just watching other people and how they behaved in situations. And I think that as a Black woman, as much as we may not want to, a lot of the times when we're traveling to places where other people aren't necessarily like us we end up being kind of a representation of black women in the eyes of other people and in this world there is a lot of negative depictions in the media and like positive ones as well well so i think that just like being yourself and being you know great you are getting more experiences and openness as well as just being an example of, like, a really awesome Black woman for the people that you encounter on your trips.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. This was, like, such a cool interview. You had so many great stories (laughs) and (laughs) not so positive, (laughs) but yeah, this was awesome. I think, um, you know, going to, getting to different countries in South America is, like, really cool, and, like, you know, not everywhere is the same. I feel like, when you're like a new traveler, you kind of group every country and like different regions together. Mm-hmm. So it was great to hear like you had um, different experiences in both. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, this thank was really you for awesome. For having me. Um, and just let everyone know where they can follow you and keep up with your
2: journey. You can um, follow my personal Instagram or just like to look at my photos from travel at Saida Umar on which is spelled S Y E D A U M A R. And then I collect enamel pens. So I have an Instagram where I uh, showcase the fancy pens that I buy at Saida's Penventory, which is S Y E D A S P I N V E N T O R Y. So you can check me out on Instagram. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.